Now, as a brief review, last week we explored taking a vacation from scarcity, breaking free from that not enough thinking by first doing a reality check to realize that we have everything we need right now. Two, opening our eyes and seeing the good that is right in front of us. And three, being willing to be a giver to life, knowing that the very activity of giving takes us out and keeps us out of the trance of scarcity. Now today, week two, we're going to take a vacation from something that absolutely keeps us from the first portion of this month's intention, which is expressing God's love. It's really wonderful to talk about expressing God's love, to think about it, to meditate about it, to read about it, to agree with it, to proclaim it in our affirmations. And sometimes it's a real challenge to practice it. So what is it that makes expressing God's love so difficult at times? The answer seems obvious, right? Other people. If they would just do what I want instead of inconveniencing me, instead of getting in my way or behaving foolishly, then everything would be fine, right? Does that, yeah? Sounds right? Well, as right a reason as that may seem, A whole lot of the time, it is not the answer. The exasperating behaviors of others are not to blame. So what is it then? It's our anger. Or more precisely, it's the expression of our anger in destructive ways that gets in the way of expressing God's love. In his life-changing book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, which we have at least a couple of copies of in the bookstore somewhere, but I can't remember where. But on page 174, New Thought author Dr. Joseph Murphy wrote, What other person says or does cannot really annoy or irritate you except you permit him to disturb you. The only way he can annoy you is through your own thought. For example, if you get angry, you have to go through four stages in your mind. You begin to think about what he said. You decide to get angry and generate an emotion of rage, and then you decide to act. Perhaps you talk back and react in kind. You see that the thought, emotion, reaction, and action all take place in your mind. Now, admittedly, those stages and our resulting action often seem to come about in a nanosecond, right? It just comes flying out without any conscious awareness. But nonetheless, I do think it is a pretty accurate assessment of what's going on a whole lot of the time. Be really clear. I am not saying anger is bad and that you shouldn't ever get angry. It is just an emotion, one that should be felt because it is. If we stuff it down or pretend it isn't there, 
It'll be like a powder keg inside of us. And I don't know if you know it or not, but I am told that eventually those things explode. So it's okay to feel them. But listen to these powerful words of Ernest Holmes in The Science of Mind on page 255. It says, when our minds are filled with thoughts of anger, hatred, and resentment, we are pouring into our body poisons in the making. But degenerative thoughts can be turned into creative, energizing, vitalizing ones. Anger can be turned into love, and the very power that has been destroying can be made to build up. Those are great words, wonderful ideas, and I agree with them 100%. But they stop short of giving us counsel on how to turn anger into love. And we're looking for that answer. People are looking for a better way now more than ever. Remember Ernest Holmes' words, anger can be turned into love and the very power that has been destroying can be made to build So we can definitely use our anger for constructive endeavors, working toward correcting social injustice or taking steps to create positive change in whatever area of our lives we see it needs. These words of Gil Schwartz, also known as Stanley Bing, speak to that. Anger is a fuel. You need fuel to launch a rocket. But if all you have is fuel without a complex internal mechanism directing it, you don't have a rocket. You have a bomb. There's a fine line, right? So anger that is directed at, focused on the person with whom you are angry, never works. It never brings about more love. It's that bomb seeking to cause as much impact as possible in the moment. And I think that we can probably all agree that we have far, far, far too much anger in this world and perhaps even in our own lives, right? When I was playing with ideas for this week's talk, I found that throughout all of the many different faiths I looked at, we are consistently told that we need to love one another. It's how to do it that proved difficult to find in any of those texts and tones. So I broadened my search. So this morning, I'm going to give you five steps to taking a vacation from anger from the book Real Love, The Truth About Finding Unconditional Love and Fulfilling Relationships. I believe we have one left in the bookstore, but I have four on the way. The steps are, first... Be quiet. Second, be wrong. Wait for it. I knew it was coming. Wait for it. Third, feel loved. Four, get loved. And five, be loving. Now, first, be quiet. <laughs> no, opportunistic. That- You know what I mean? 
when we are upset with someone and we feel like we have to say something, that is the exact time when we should not. Here's an example. Once there was a farmer who got into a horrible fight with his neighbor. During the fight, the, uh, the farmer got so angry that he said some truly horrible, cruel things in an attempt to vent his anger and come out the victor. And in that moment, maybe it seemed like those things had to be said. But later, as he began to tell his wife all about the day's events and recalled all that, it, that had happened, all that he'd said, he realized his mistake and he desperately wanted to take his words back, but he didn't know what he could do, what he could say to fix things with his neighbor. Seeing how distressed he was and how much he was struggling with the reality of the situation his words had caused, but having no ideas to offer about how he could repair the damage, his wife told him about a wise man who was visiting the village and suggested that he go meet with the man. And so the next morning, the man set out to meet with this wise man. And when he found him, he told him the whole story and asked him, what can I do to take my words back? How can I make things right again? The wise man thought for a moment. And then he said to the farmer, while it's still morning, you should go collect a lot of feathers in an open basket. Then place the basket in the middle of the village and go about your day. Come back tomorrow. Now, the farmer, understandably, was kind of taken aback by this. I mean, what do baskets and feathers have to do with anything that's happening? But, seeing as he had no better ideas himself, and was perhaps a little bit curious to learn how this bizarre request would play out, the farmer did as he was told. He got the biggest basket he could find, went to the local poultry farmer, asked them to fill it with as many feathers as it would hold. He took the basket then to the very middle of the village, set it down, and returned home. Early the next morning, the man returned to the wise man, hoping for an answer that would make everything better. When he'd asked what, what he should do next, the wise man replied, now go and bring those feathers back to me. And so he headed back to the middle of the village to retrieve his basket of feathers, more flummoxed than ever at what he'd been tasked with, and frankly wondering just how wise this wise man was. As you might have guessed, when the farmer arrived at the place where he'd left his basket, it was empty. The wind had carried all of the feathers away. And so the farmer returned to the wise man and presented him with his now empty basket all of the feathers are gone. The wind carried them away. Now what will I do? And the wise men nodded and replied, Words are like feathers. Although it's easy to speak them out loud, it's impossible to take them back once they're sent in the air. Think for a moment. When was the last time you spoke to someone in anger? vented all of those feelings toward them and ended the conversation feeling genuinely happy, loving, and loved. Feeling closer to the person, feeling, feeling like you moved the relationship forward in a good direction. Ever? No? 
Nobody? There's a reason for that. And that moves us to number two, be wrong. Before we start grumbling about the phrase be wrong, because I heard it, I heard it while I was writing this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a mmm, I knew it. It took me a hot minute to get comfortable with the phrasing here too, okay? Let me explain what Dr. Bayer says about it. And it, it kind of reminds me of Ricky Ricardo's phrase to Lucy, you've got some splaining to do, well, let me explain. Wrong in this context does not mean bad or unworthy, or ungodlike, or not good enough, or any of those other negative feeling definitions we often give the word wrong. I mean it in this context. Two plus two equals five is wrong. It is wrong, and you will never, never, never get a balanced checkbook if you use this equation. To be fair, I am kind of allergic to numbers, So I don't speak from any recent experience. That's Mike's department. But I think he would agree with that assertion. Am I correct? Nope, he's not going to answer. Two plus two equals five is not right. I'm not nodding. My head, I'm not sleeping. (laughs) I don't know what just happened. So getting angry, i.e. acting out in anger is wrong in that it will never take you to a place of feeling love or being loving and it will never make you happy never and since living in the world as love being the embodiment of god's love is what we are here for acting out in anger is the absolute opposite of what we are trying to achieve. And it's going to make things much, much more difficult for us. So after you've been quiet, step one, and you can sit back and reflect for a moment, take yourself to the realization that this anger you are feeling and considering acting upon is wrong. In other words, consciously acknowledge and recognize that your anger will never make you happy. It will not support this relationship. It will not remotely help you express God's love. So when you feel disappointed or frustrated or angry, repeat, if I am disappointed or angry, I'm wrong. And you won't be able to maintain those feelings for long. Make sure you remember that definition of wrong here. It means that we are experiencing a negative reaction, and that negative reaction will never result in a positive outcome. That negative reaction is not serving our greatest good. It is very, very, very important to remember our definition here, because without it, it is easy to go down that unhelpful road of beating ourselves up about it. That is not the intention behind this step. It is to get you to realize that feeling this way will not make you happy, just like two plus two equals five will not result in a balanced checkbook. This is about reminding us that we've got to turn our anger into something that will help us feel and express love. And if that word wrong triggers that response and that thought process, then it's the right word. Third step, feel loved. What is anger? 
If we get right down to it, it is a response to not really feeling loved. We become afraid in conflict and then react with anger because in that moment, we don't feel loved. When we are absolutely certain that we are loved in each moment, the disagreements and anger of other people are no longer threatening to us. In Real Love, author Greg Bear makes this analogy, and you may have heard it before. I know I've heard it several times, and I recognized it instantly when I came upon it in the book. Let's say someone sneaks in your house and steals $2 off your kitchen table. This is the last $2 you have to your name, and you were just getting ready to go to the store and buy a loaf of bread. You are so upset and so angry. How dare this thief, this horrible person, steal this from you? Now, let's look at this again. The same thing happens. A thief sneaks into your house and steals those $2 off your kitchen table. But instead of this being your last $2, you have a million dollars in the other room. Are you angry now? Not so much. In fact, you might feel a little sympathy for the person who feels the need to steal $2. You might even go so far as to do something with your million dollars in the other room to help others so they didn't feel like they had to steal in order to have their needs met. My takeaway after sitting with this part of the book was that getting angry can actually be useful. And stick with me here. I know I'm throwing things at Mona that she doesn't like. And I knew it when I did it. (laughs) Stick with me. I took some real time to kind of think about this in relation to all the myriad circumstances that I've faced or observed in life. And with myriad contexts and subjects. And I wondered What might have gone differently if a similar perspective of gratitude and compassion had been chosen? And you know what? I can honestly say that without exception, I think it would have been positively transformative for all of them. If we train our brains to use that sensation of anger as a reminder that we need to make a conscious effort to remember the love that we are and that we have in our lives, that anger is quickly transformed into a force for positive change. That anger that would have been destructive becomes a catalyst to propel the greatest good into your life. Sure, it sucks that somebody took those $2, but is it really that bad when you consider the other million? This is the mindset we need to have. It is in those moments that we can begin to do what Holmes suggested, that anger can be turned into love, which takes us to step four, get loved. So let's say you're in in an emotionally triggering situation and you're not feeling particularly loved. If you can't remember that you are loved, then get loved. Find someone whom you know loves you and talk to them. 
Talk to them about it. Take responsibility for your anger and let them love you right in the middle of it. Greg Bear refers to those people as wise men and wise women in our lives. People who can love us right through our hissy fit and help us feel how loved we really are. And let's return to that analogy of the million dollars in the other room one more time, this time using love as the currency in question. So when someone takes a metaphorical $2 worth of love away from your emotional feelings in that moment, and then when you decisively step away, take some time to be quiet, reframe your perspective, then turn and talk with someone whom you know loves you, even when you're hollering and stomping and spitting, you realize that you already have all the love you need. And that $2 worth that you felt the other person took away from you in that moment of anger doesn't really change things for you as much as you thought it did. So there really isn't anything to be angry about. Just think about that for a bit. And while you do, let's look at step five. Be loving. Being filled with love is certainly an advantage when we're attempting to love others. However... We don't have to wait until we are filled with love before we attempt to give it to other people. The miracle of love is that it can often multiply as we give it. And for that reason, we can sometimes eliminate our anger simply by choosing to do something that's unconditionally loving. Even better, let's take Every opportunity we're given to show love, kindness, compassion, all of those incredible things we are capable of and which can transform the world. If we're focusing on being an instrument of love, if we're giving love at every opportunity, love is returned to us a millionfold. Who can allow those annoyances to grow into anger when we're perpetually giving away and therefore receiving love? There's not enough room for anything else. Remember that last item last week that we used to break the trance of scarcity? Well, it's the same as this week. Give. You give to break that perception of scarcity. And in this case, you give love to break that feeling of lack. I think the biggest disease in this world that this world suffers from in this day and age is the disease of people feeling unloved. And I know that I can give love for a minute, for half an hour, for a day, for a month, but I can give. I'm very happy to do that, and I want to do that. That was Princess Diana. Why do we want to do that? We want to do that because being loving is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Why is being loving such a wonderful thing? Why does it make us feel so good? It's because it's our divine nature to love. We are made in the image and likeness of love. We were born to love. We sometimes just get a little lost along the way. 
it's natural for us to want to express God's love. So as a recap, the five steps are be quiet, be wrong, feel loved, get loved, be loving. We are here to express God's love, to express it to each other. And we can't do that when we're angry. Perhaps today is the day to take a permanent vacation from anger by finding a better way. I want to end this morning with what I think is a great tool for actualizing that better way. And it's a powerful meditation practice from Teach Not Han in Teachings on Love. He says, breathing in, I know I am angry. Breathing out, I know that the anger is in me. First, you practice recognition. Hello, anger, my old friend. Then you look deeply to see its source. Why am I angry? The first thing you will discover is that your suffering has its roots in your store consciousness, in seeds that are already there, seeds of anger, delusion, pride, suspicion, or greed. The other person is only a secondary cause. The next thing you will see is that the other person is also suffering. You may have thought you were the only one suffering, but that is not correct. When someone spills that kind of suffering onto you, you know that he is suffering. I'm going to say that again because it's big. When someone spills that kind of suffering onto you, you know that he is suffering. When you understand this, love will well up in you and you will want to help. Understanding is the key. Thanks to the practice of mindfulness, your angle Anger will return to that store consciousness. The next time it arises, practice the same way. And eventually that seed of anger in you will weaken. This is the practice of facing your anger. And thanks to mindfulness, transforming it into energies of love and understanding. Thank you.